Welcome to Essence to Essence Insights, the Project Sorapini. This is Saratoga Best. This is based on Dr. Zelenko's book. Um, we see that uh, he actually goes in alphabetical order. He has a chapter, A, B, C, D, E, F, etc., right till the end, all the way to Z, or Z if you're Canadian. Um, and we are up to chapter C, which is called Kainism. And remember what we're saying is that this is on we we we're understanding that this that Dr. Zelenko spent past twenty years or however thirty years learning was something that enabled him to step into a life of courage, determination, courage where you're not afraid you're 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 going to you know you you're courageous two determination you're going to get the job done no matter what and keep on going. Three, stand up for truth. You really look always to say not what's socially acceptable, but what's true. And four, what can you do to reach out and heal the world? So each of these chapters is we're going to try to see how it's um, enabling this particular quality is enabling each of us to at least step into one of those qualities. One of those qualities. Okay, so Kyanism. So here he's say, saying that there's a, a question, and we often have that question. Is life fair? Was everybody created equal? I think the American Constitution says that all men are created equal, etc. So is is everybody equal um, or not? Is everything equal and everybody equal? Now, as Yidden, we know that there's a Kayan, there's a Levi, and there's Yisrael. And if you want to be, a, and if you want to do Berchus Kayanim, and you're not a Kayin, you don't do it. So is there something wrong with being a lady or Yisrael? No, there isn't. But if you're not a Kayin, you're not a Kayin. So we know as Yidin there is a hierarchy. There's masculine and feminine. There's Kayin, Levi, Yisrael. There are all kinds of gradations. And somehow, because we understand that everything is... Um, is not random. Everything, everyone is given, every eyelash and every, uh, little, every eyelash on your, that you have and every fingernail and every shoelace has its own mission and every, as Abel says, every leaf as it turns in the wind is exactly by divine providence. There is nothing random. Then it doesn't it's not hurtful to think that everything's not exactly the same. I mean, let's face it. If I have a lot of pe- a lot of guests coming and I really need to, and and they're all hungry and they're coming for a big festive, festive meal, it's actually not going to help them that I collected a lot of leaves when I was taking a walk down the street and I have all these beautifully colored leaves and then they come for this meal and they're all hungry etc and I spread out all these leaves on the table and they say well um, where's the food and I say oh yeah um, I decided to put leaves instead I wanted you to see my collection like I'm sure you'll be happy and they're not necessarily going to be happy I don't get it but if food what's the difference food leaves it's all the same it's not all the same and the leaf was created to have its function, and the food was created to have another function. And every single thing has its mission at that moment, at that time, in that place. 
And that moment in time, as we know from Parshish Pinchas, all of time was is included in all, every moment, in every moment, all of time is included in that moment. The moment right here, right now, includes all of time in, inside of it. And every place where you are, wherever you're sitting at this moment, it includes all places in the world, past, present, and future. It's all in there. So everything's sort of a general time and a general place. So that means that not everything, on some level, everything's equal. Everything's, you know, godly potential. And and everything is there to express Enod Milvada, that there's nothing but Hashem. In that, everything's equal. But then a leaf is not um, is not a plate full of um, chicken and potatoes. It's not, etc. So here, this, this is this is what Dr. Zelenko is speaking about, and he's saying that Hashem's plan for creation is in different stages, because current existence, the world is in a state of confusion and chaos. Now. You don't have to do a lot of deep meditation to ask yourself, really, the world is in a state of confusion and chaos? Where do you see that? Oh, gee, um, well, maybe you need to explain it to me. I don't think I need to explain it to everybody, anybody. I think everybody will say, yeah, the world is in confusion and chaos. So the question is, was that a mistake? You know, who made that happen? And the answer is, this came as a direct result of fate eight hadas, the sin of the tree of knowledge. Same as, right? The story is, to say it in less than a minute, Adam and Chava, we know they had many trees in Gan Eden. And, and this was one of the, this was the tree. There was, everything else was given to them to eat. This tree, they were told, no. Not do not eat from this tree. Do not eat yet. You have to wait until Shabbos to eat from this tree. This tree gives you the, un- the ability to understand the difference between good and evil. Now, if you're going to then eat from this tree, what we thought is, hey, we're going to understand the difference between good and evil. That's amazing. And then we'll understand the contrast, you know, all the stuff that's going on in the world. You need contrast. And that's how Chava was talked into it by the snake. Because the snake said, you know, and to the other, you know, you're amazing, but you're only good. You know, you don't know about evil. And you would have such a deeper contrast in your life and be able to do things and do your mission with so much more depth if you understood the difference between good and bad. So, yeah, hey, right, amazing, what should I do? The, The snake said, eat from the tree of good and bad. It's the tree of knowledge of good and bad. You want to understand? You want to have knowledge, the understanding between good and bad? Yeah. I'll become so much wiser and deeper. Great. Eat from this tree. Okay. Good idea. Let's do it. Wait a minute. We were told no. Oh, no. But surely Hashem wants whatever the rationalization was. What did they not count on by eating from this tree? They thought they would understand the difference between good and evil. But unfortunately, they internalized the confusion of good and evil. So that now what they introduced into the world is there's no good that doesn't come with a little bad. And there's no bad that doesn't come with a little good. You know, like for every child, imagine if somebody, 
bequeathed to your family an ice cream store, and you can go five times a day and eat ice cream five times a day. Wow, that's like, for a two-year-old, that's gun Aiden. What's the bad part? So you start doing it. Five times a day, you're going to the store, and you're eating three ice creams, and wow. And then you start getting stomach aches. Oh, there's the bad that goes with the good. Or, you know, the other way. There's always a bad part in the good. And then in the good part, there's, there's always, even if you have really negative stuff, there's always a little good piece in it. So this confusion was there. And Hashem told them, this confusion will be there. You have to undo this confusion. That's through Tyre and Mitzvahs, etc. But this confusion that came from the, the primordial snake, the Nachash Kadmaini, we are, we suffered because of it throughout all of history, and we're in the last seconds, in which this primordial snake, Nachash Kadmaini, is having his field day right now. And that's why we see, you know, we lived in North America for all our lives, most of us, and didn't see so much corruption as we do now. Like, now it's just crazy. It's just insane. And the reason for the insanity is because the mixture of good and evil is just coming to the surface. So you can no longer hide it. You can no longer hide it. And the proof is, without being, you know, I have to be careful what I say on the phone, but let's just say there was a woman who had a job to um, explain away anything that uh, in Washington that was a little bit difficult to imagine what are they doing? And this woman had that job, and she would say, oh, no, he really, yeah, he's doing a great job. He decided not to go to Mexico because he's so busy with crucial, important things in Washington. And even she quit. She couldn't keep it up anymore because it became so extreme, the absurdity of the corruption coming out to the surface. You know, you have to, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see it. It was always there, but it was nicely covered beneath the surface, and now it's all exposed. So that's where we're up to now. So um, um, and and Hashem gave once we sinned with the the tree of knowledge. Hashem said, "Man will experience this. You know, he will by the sweat of his brow he will he'll, he will work, and women will have difficulty in childbirth, etc." And Hashem made, you know, the male and the female character with each of their personalities and each of their needs. So, what came as a result of this whole thing of the good and evil? What we have is the story of Cain and Hevel. And it's an open, not even lesson, it's an open example to us today. Hevel and Cain were brothers. In Tyra, Hevel brought a sacrifice, an offering to Hashem. Hashem was happy. It was a good offering. Cain also brought one. It wasn't good enough. So Hevel was, Hevel's was accepted. Cain's was not. Cain was, let's just say, very angry and depressed. So Hashem asked Cain, why are you upset? Improve yourself, and I will accept your offering as well. Meaning, if I'm praising him, okay, today sibling rivalry, rivalry you're not allowed to <laughs> you're not allowed to favor one over the other. But what was supposed to happen? 
Cheyenne was supposed to look to Hevel and say, you obviously did something right. Cheyenne was supposed to go deeper into himself when he felt rejected. And we deal with that all the time. You know, what do you do when you feel rejected? What do you, what do you think? What was Cheyenne supposed to think when he felt rejected? He was supposed to go to Hevel and say, I see that you somehow got it right. Can you coach me through the process of getting to that place or even higher? He was supposed to see someone having done better than him or something better than him and use it as a springboard, as an inspiration to move forward. But he he couldn't do it. Instead of stepping into his full power and stepping into his potential, he said, I hate you, Havel. And he killed him. <laughs> Very simple. He killed him. And that's the template for all the corruption and all the anti-Semitism and all that stuff that we suffered through throughout history. Certainly, anti-Semitism is all about that. For all of history, except until now, they looked at us and said, Ace of Hate, Yaakov. But they looked at us, the nations of the world, and they said, what, what's with you and your morality? Why, why can't you eat, drink, and be merry like us? What, what, what's with you guys? And instead of saying, I see, we see that you guys have a, a higher standard than us, standard than us, and you're very devoted to it. How do you do that? Teach us and inspire us. Instead of that, they said, we hate you. We want to get rid of you. God forbid. All through history, in all different unspeakably horrible ways. So, Erna, I'm going to tell a very quick story about uh, recently for Gimotamos, some, you know, there was a whole busload of people who came from Montreal. They left Matze Shabbos. They traveled the whole night. Uh, they came to New York. They were there for the whole day. And then, you know, and then they went back Sunday night. And Sunday night, they were all discussing. Um, stories of different things they had experienced, different miracles, all kinds of things on the bus. And finally, the bus driver, a French-Canadian bus driver, very, very, uh, let's say, French-Canadian Catholic, at some point he said, maybe they had a microphone, he said, I want to speak. And he said, I want to tell you that I'm amazed. Now, remember, that's because we've come to, uh, just, uh, just a disclaimer, We've come to a point in history where all of that we hate you because you're better is starting to turn around. So, but just take this as an example. So he said, I'm French Canadian. I grew up in a family where there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of drinking, a lot, a lot, a lot of inebriation, a lot of abuse, a lot of overstepping the boundaries of modesty, et cetera, et cetera. And I think he was implying if all of us, you know, you've been in a bus like nine hours that way and then now again another eight hours, that if all of us were on a bus, you know, my community, my social group, the conversation and the stuff that would go on the bus for eight, nine hours, um, it's very different from the way you guys are being. He said, you're all on the bus and the way we would talk and what we would do, it's very, very, very different. 
You guys are spending nine hours talking about all these spiritual things and, you know, you said like, wow, how do you do that? How do you guys do that? It's so, it's so different. Now that's exactly, that's the story of Cain and Hevel. But all through history, you know, the French bus driver would have like turned around and God forbid, you know, opened up fire like I hate you because my, 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 my family would never be like this on the, on the bus, like boom, God forbid. But now we've come to a moment and yes, people are going to say, what about this shooting and that shooting? But it's not necessarily, there's much to say on it, so I'll leave that topic. But now there are more than glimmers of the people whose ancestors said, we hate you, like Cain, like Cain hated Hebel just because Cain was doing more of the right thing. And Cain said, that's it, off with your head. We have had great breakthroughs so that there are many, many people who respect us now and respect the fact that we are trying hard to serve Hashem. And that is ultimately our goal. To inspire them, not to get them to hate us more and say, just leave us alone. All through history, the, the Jewish people said to the non-Jews, like, please, leave us alone. Like, don't look at us. Let us just stay quietly in a corner and be left quietly alone to serve God. And, you know, please just don't pay attention to us. We, we just, the less you look at us, the better. Because when you look at us, you look at us with angry eyes. That's the way it was. Now we go out to the world and say, hi, hello. And we give them a Sheva Mitzvah's card and we inspire them. We were created now to go out into the world and inspire them to be better. Because they too have to step up to their full potential. And they too have to step into a, into a life of morality and goodness and etc. So the moment has come for Cain to become like Hevel. Although Cain missed the mark and he got rid of Hevel instead of saying, be my teacher. We're at a point in history now where the Kayans of the world are having their last um, their last flings, their last flings at evil, because many of the who, the descendants of Kayan are now saying to us, "Be our teachers. Teach us. Show us." And they, and in Yemais Mashiach, every single non-Jew in the world will come to us and say, let me hang on to your sisters and teach us and show us and direct us and guide us and be our light and show us how to reveal our own light. So, and as Dr. Zelenko finishes in this chapter, that currently everyone deserves equality of opportunity, but not necessarily outcome that we need to take responsibility for our lives and heed God's advice to Cain. Improve yourself and I will accept your offering. So I'll end this chapter by saying, um, a few months ago, uh, Dr. Zelenko had completed some medical treatments and looked, looked and seemed to feel very good. And he went somewhere. He was on a stage with large, large audience, non-Jewish audience, and he was speaking at some kind of an important conference. And basically what he was telling the world in his last few months was that we are facing an enormous evil in the world. This, ultimately, this is not just, this is not just a medical thing or a virus or a, a, it's way beyond that. This is the battle 
the last battle of evil, trying to swallow up good, God forbid. But we know that good will, will, will win over evil. And he said, what we need to do in this battle, because they, the bad guys at the top, really seem to be gaining more and more and more control, although it came to a head sort of this winter, and then all of a sudden things started to, the chips started to fall, and um, I don't, I, there was there was a moment in time, I guess I would have to look at it and see when it was, sometime this winter, when they were getting more and more and more power and looked like <laughs> the side of evil was going to win, and all of a sudden it started to turn, the tide started to turn. And this one lost power, and this one started, and this one decided to retire, or was forced to retire, and and this one had to run away, and this one this, and this one that, and it all started to. I think with the truckers, I think it happened when the, the at that time in Canada with the truckers who stood up, the very same people, like you know who these truckers were, like the people who normally would, like we said, the bus driver, these are the truck drivers. Normally they would turn against us, they would turn against goodness. And they stood up and they said, we believe in freedom and goodness and love and truth. It was, it was un- unbelievable. So he said, so Dr. Zelenko said, they're trying to work with us to have as much fear as possible so they can control us. Our weapon is, you must not be afraid. And we must turn to Hashem. And in the past year or two, many, many people who can still who think can think clearly that in this crazy battle of evil trying to defeat good god forbid and it will not our our weapon is our consciousness of hashem this is the moment in which we all as all human beings on the entire planet need to turn to hashem and say Hashem, the laws of nature aren't working for us at this point. You and you alone will win this battle for us. We will stand strong and stand with you for truth. And we will win the battle to usher in a world of peace and goodness. So to end, we said those four qualities that we saw in Dr. Zelenko, the bravery, we see that. He's, he's showing us here. Stand strong. Don't be afraid. The courage. That's one thing. The courage. Two, the determination. Stand strong. Don't give up. Be strong. Don't give up. And three is stand for truth. Don't do what's popular. Don't do what everybody else does. Go for truth. If Kayan had gone for truth instead of be, he, and he could have stepped in, he could have become a big man, a giant of a man, by becoming more humble. Instead, he became a small man and did a horrible, heinous act. This is the moment to stand up for truth. Become giants by standing for truth, even when it's scary and even when everybody else is capitulating. Stand for truth. And ultimately, all of that, those qualities, Give us the ability to just reach out wherever we go, whomever we come into contact with, to somehow provide healing for them, for their pain, their darkness, their struggle, and their suffering. So um, may this be 
a memory in memory of he keeps a run Mishachne offer for Velva Wolf Zev Ben Aaron Belenko. Um, we need him back here with Mashiach, and may we find ourselves in the Gula Mitzvah Shlema immediately now.